Welcome to episode 64 of Therese Talk. I'm your host, Therese Main. By day, I co-host a morning radio show on a network in New York and Pennsylvania. By nights, I'm a podcaster. If you're a woman like me who loves Jesus and just wants to serve her family and community a little better, you're in the right place. If you would, take a moment right now to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. It is the hardest times of life that we learn so much about God. It's not easy, but it's always fruitful. Grammy winner Mandisa has been very open about her battle with the darkness. As she was grieving the death of a friend, she found herself in a fierce battle with depression. Time has given her perspective, and now she's written a book about coming back into the light. And, you know, I'm sure this time of year is especially hard for you because, for one, football is over. You know, I had sung the national anthem at games in the past. I was just going and singing and I would bring, you know, my brother who's a diehard football fan. Um, I remember when I sang, you know, the anthem for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and that one was televised. It was the only one that was televised. And I sang and then I left. Like I flew back home because I was like, I don't like football. <laughs> so now that I actually go to football games and I enjoy it, I just remember tailgating. And when I looked out, And I don't know, maybe it was just because it's how my mind is wired. But when I saw so many people coming together, I saw this one tailgating that had every race, it had men and women and children. And I was like, wow, the unity that I'm seeing out here with a football team, um, that's what I wish we were like in the body of Christ. It's just, you know, everybody was rooting towards the same goal. And so there's something about coming together that I think I really love um, that really touches me. But honestly, That's me trying to be deep about something. I just love the game. That's why I was rooting for um, the Rams because I love the stories of players. I love that, you know, Jason Whitworth, um, he got, you know, to get his Super Bowl ring after getting Walter Payton Man of the Year and that Aaron Donald, who is known as one of the best players of all time. He was just missing one thing, and that was the Super Bowl ring. Um, I love the story of how they went all in to get Matthew Stafford. They traded away picks. Um, and that this was their one year to do it. So I was rooting for the Rams, one, because I couldn't root for Cincinnati because they hurt me so much, but also just the stories of the people that were on that team. I really love. So basically we need to nix the church potluck and move to a church tailgating <laughs> is what you're saying. Absolutely. There's nothing <laughs> like it. <laughs> what was the moment for you when you went from the person who left after singing the anthem to the person who right now just like bleeds football from like August to February? Natalie Grant. And oh, yeah. She was the first woman that I saw that was just all in. And I just started asking her questions about it. Um, and then I started YouTubing the game because I remember watching the um, the Super Bowl where it was the Seahawks and the Patriots. And that was the first Super Bowl I had really watched fully. And I was like, I think I could be into this game. And bit by bit, I just started, you know, doing football for dummies and <laughs> watching YouTube videos and asking Natalie and some of my other friends all about football. And before I knew it, I was a crazy Titans fan, like crazy Titans fan. I'm not just a fair weather fan. I'm all in. I just I'm right now I'm thinking like of all the things that you could have conversations with Natalie Grant about. I would not have put football in the top five, but there you are. I love that. There you are. (laughs) Have you seen her with football? Yes. Oh, she's a thousand percent in. It is so fun. Let's do it. All right. I'm holding in my hands, out of the dark, 
my journey through the shadows to find God's story. And I have not been able to read it cover to cover because I just got it today. But I have been (laughs) flipping through and I'm seeing this theme that you have shared so many times in so many different ways. And it's cool to see the whole thing together in one place. And I know your story's not over yet, but there is this trend of hills and valleys hills and valleys. And and it's not unique to you, obviously. That's kind of like the Christian thing. But what you've learned in the peaks, what you've learned in the valleys of darkness is really profound. And you did all of that while you were still like out there worshiping the Lord, which I think is the hard part, because I think a lot of times we think, oh, I'm in a valley. Mm, I can't serve. Yeah. I can't love. I can't give. Yeah. I can't do anything for you, Lord. I'm in a valley right now. Everything stops. But I'm, I kind, I feel bad that I didn't always know when those were going on, when I would see you at things or see you performing and just think, oh, everything is great mm-hmm. with her. Well, I think that's so often what we do in Christendom. You know, we put on a smile and I'm great and I'm wonderful. And the one thing I've always appreciated about you, Therese, is that you'll be honest. You'll be real. Like, well, yeah, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> and I think, you know, once I started um, being honest and sharing not just the great things and not always plastering a smile on my face when I was suffering inside, um, I started to realize there's there's a certain place of healing that you can really only get to when you start getting real, when you stop pretending like everything is great. And when you actually bring these things out into the light. So this was, it's still a journey. Like I, I, I'm so thankful that that subtitle talks about a journey because I don't want anybody to think that I've arrived. Like this is a struggle every day. And it's just, you know, I think it's the thorn in my flesh and something I'll always have to depend on God for to not sink into that dark place again. Cause I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It's not, it's not a place of hope. It's not a place of joy. And so learning to not just shut down when things aren't great, but to, you know, keep putting one foot in front of the other. I think that's an important lesson that I'm still trying to learn because I just want to shut down and hibernate. If I could write a subtitle for this book, it would be The Story of Disa, Keisha, John, and Kaya. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. My dog Kaya does get a little shout out in there. She gets a um, lot of shout out. <laughs> she, she's my pandemic puppy. Honestly, the last two years, she just turned two last week. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been the biggest joy in my life. I think she's the funniest dog ever known to man. She tricked me because she was black when I got her, and now she's white. Mm. And so I think God was. She's got a little diversity thing going that. on. Is that what it is? Exactly. She's like, I'll show exactly. you diversity. I got one too. I have. Casey J is my pandemic puppy, and she turned two in January. So I'm right there with you. She's a golden retriever, and she's adorable, and she knows it. And she makes me crazy, but I love her. But I don't know how I would have gotten through the pandemic without a distraction like like that. Because literally, they're like one of the best things that God ever made. And I honestly think that it was like a gift from the Lord. So if I could just stop for one second on page 130, this is something that I actually did stop to read. And I'm glad the Lord helped me see this as I was flipping through. Maybe you are the one going through a dark season right now where you feel hopeless and alone. If you are, let me tell you about God's grace. 
and the power of community. First, God is with you. His word says he is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's from Psalm 34, 18. You may not feel that he is there, but his presence is more than a fleeting feeling. Some things are true, whether you feel them or not. Second, he wants you to connect with others. Sometimes when you least want to be with people is when it's most important to do so. God did not create you to be alone. And then you reference this part in Genesis where God makes Eve and says it is not good for the man to be alone. But it's not just a romantic thing that it's about community. And that's why I think this book about Disa and Keisha and John and Kaya (laughs) is so powerful because you have these relationships that God has given you. And some of them have taken you to the peaks. And sometimes the same one takes you to the valley. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the biggest lessons that I think I've learned over the last few years is, you know, anytime that I say, well, I don't need anybody, I can do it by myself. That's a big red flag because God made us for community. I think anytime that we're trying to do it alone, I think that's just breeding ground for you to start believing lies and to just stay stuck in that place. But it's in coming out, it's in being with people. And, you know, I'm an intro. Well, I say I'm an ambivert. There are times that I really want to be with people. There are times when I just want to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And it's at those times when I realize I can't do that too much because that's when I start to go into that dark place. So just realizing the power of community and how important it is. And I really do believe that, you know, when he says it's not good for man to be alone, like I don't think he's just saying that in regards to marriage because not everybody is going to be married. You know, I'm 45 and it's not happened for me yet. And while I have hope that it will, I don't think that means that I need to put off community until I get the husband. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> and so I realize it's healthy for me to be with people and that it's not just something that is going to fall into my lap. It really is something that I have to pursue. I have to make that a priority. You had kind of in the past few years, dipped your toe a little bit more into the worship world. But there was never like a worship album or anything. Is that something that you still would like to do? Absolutely. We, we'd actually planned to do a live worship album recording. And this during pandemic has messed everything up. But I still want to do that. You know, I've always had different worship songs on each of my albums. And then these last two years, that's all I've been releasing is worship singles. And so I thought I really want to do a live recording of a worship album. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen at this point, but that is very much still on my wish, wish list to be able to do eventually. I can't wait. I would love that. I would love that more than anything. Um, We do have your voice on this new song that we're playing by Jordan Feliz. How does something like that come to be? I mean, you've got, I would have never, again, this is like, I wouldn't have guessed that you and Natalie Grant would have talked football. I would have never said, oh yeah, there's going to be a single with Jordan Feliz and Mandisa dropping and it's going to be a bop. I mean, that I didn't see coming. I love that song. Yeah, you know, um, Jordan, he's one of my favorite artists, first of all. I love his music. I love seeing him live. And he actually lives in my neighborhood. So I remember, um, you know, walking in my neighborhood one time. I was walking Kaya and I ran into him and, yeah, I invited him to my birthday party that year that was at my house. And I don't know, we just, he's always somebody that I have respected. And so when he reached out and wanted me on this song, and then he put Jonathan Trailer who is, again, mm-hmm. I, I love him. His whole album is one of my favorites. And so 
when he talked about doing this song together, I jumped at it. And the producer that he worked with also lives down the street for me. This is what you get living in Franklin, Tennessee. Right. So yeah, I love being on and I love the song. I love the original version of it, but then with the three of us, it's just so much fun. I love that song. I just love talking to you because you'll just be like, yes, I was walking down the street. I saw Jordan Police. (laughs) Like it's no big deal. Like I saw Steve, my neighbor at the grocery store and you'd be like, Okay. Yeah, he's my neighbor. (laughs) You just have, I don't know if you realize the remarkableness of what you're living in. So I love that it sounds like right now you're in a peak. I don't know, Teresa. I think think I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, I'm not at the lowest of lows, but I I don't think I'm at a peak. I think I, I have been at a peak recently, but I don't know. I'm pretty steady right now. Um, Talk to me in a couple of months and that may be different. Maybe I ought to be at a peak then, but I'm average right now. How do you know, and this is not necessarily like to pry into to your emotional health, but just in general for people who are listening, how do we know when we maybe are coming off of a peak and how do we know that we're hitting a danger zone? And then what do we do about it? I mean, valleys yeah. aren't necessarily bad. Staying in valleys for a really long time until you're yeah. not living life that's bad yeah you know I I can only say for myself I only recognize it in hindsight but I think it is less important to recognize whether you're in a peak or valley or hill is real or valley is torn well to say you know I I think about Elijah after he had defeated the prophets of Baal you know on that mountaintop and then the very next chapter he's sitting by a tree and saying that he wants to die Um, I don't know how much time had passed in between them, but what is interesting to me is God was very much there with him on the mountaintop and he was there with him in the valley. I think it's important to not lose yourself, whether you're in a peak or a valley. I think, um, I think what God is teaching me is I want to be there with you through it all. And if you try to disregard me when you're in the valley, you're going to stay there. And if you try to ignore me when you're in a peak, um, you're going to drop really quickly. And so I think I'm just trying to maintain my relationships regardless as to where I am, peak or valley. And I think that's the way to stay in a steady place. I think that's the best place to be. But the peaks feel really, really good. Well, I don't live in your neighborhood, but I kind of wish I did because then I would get to see you more (laughs) often and we would have these kind of chats all the time. And then you would know you would know just how much I admire and respect and care about you. I feel the same way when I see you on my list. You are a joy. If you've enjoyed this episode of Therese Talk, be sure to subscribe and look for the next episode on Tuesday morning. If you really loved it, consider making a gift to Family Life, the ministry this podcast is a part of. Just go to familylife.org and find out more about what we do. Did you know that Family Life offers a variety of podcasts? From news to kids to faith, you'll find a favorite on demand at familylife.org.